so thankful to be set free by the Lord today. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. I want that for everybody, every person, everyone. The freedom of the Lord in your life. You got to know Him, though. Seek Him. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus
right now God we thank you for who you are and God as we think about what we're singing right now that we are standing in your presence father here and in heaven we will sing worthy 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 is the Lord God Almighty and there will be endless praises endless worship to you father we will bow down we will confess that you are Lord and we will worship you all the time father Lord, I pray right now that our lives here on earth are, are worship to you, Father, not just during music in a church, but our life, everything about our life, Father, is worship unto you. Everything we say, everything we do, God, let it flow from a heart that is full of the love that you've poured out on us, God. We praise you in this place. We thank you for who you are, and we worship you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, the church said, Amen, amen, amen. Please greet some people that normally you wouldn't be talking to. Move around a little bit. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Love you, church, and appreciate you being here today in the Father's house. Amen. What a great place to be each week. I know vacations and things come up, but other than that, unless you're sick or something, be in the Father's house to know his love, to experience his love, to encounter him, and to share that with other people in his house. Amen? Just a couple of things before I get started. I appreciate Carlin and the praise team. I appreciate, again, I, I want to do this every so often just to let you guys know that you're appreciated. But every volunteer, everybody that helps at Orchardville Church on Sundays and Wednesdays and through the week, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that you do. Yeah. 
It takes a lot each week, and we appreciate you guys. We could not do this without you, and most importantly, we can't do it without God's Spirit on this house and His Holy Spirit doing what He wants to do in this place and in our lives. Um, if you're a first-time guest, will you just slip your hand up real quick so I can see you? First-time guest on a, over here, over here. Great to have you with us today. There is a card in the seat in front of you. If you'll fill that out and turn it at the welcome desk, we have a gift for you right after church there. So thank you for being with us today. And again, this is a wonderful place to call home and running home like that first song, a new one today, Carlin and the Praise Team. Nice job on that. And again, thank you to all of our kids' camp workers, volunteers, counselors, cooks, everybody that made camp happen for the kids this past week. We appreciate you. Um, and also, if you notice, there's probably a little bit more of a shine over in this area. Uh, and she's looking up like, what? <laughs> but McKenna and Hunter are now engaged over there, so congratulations to them. No joke, guys. I just said you might notice a little more of a shine, and she goes, huh? <laughs> so congrats. Excited for them. Uh, last week, we started into a new series called Sick of It. Remember it? Yeah. I heard from a few people. I won't say if it's good or bad, but as long as I'm standing on this word and preaching this truth, so be it. Okay? Uh, it's going to happen. We will be persecuted for our faith. So, expect it. We're going to start out. Somebody told me, last week I did this, and somebody said, those are like devil horns. I said, What? I don't know, I was just rocking out. So this week we're going to do a fist. <laughs> or like Sarah was trying to get me to do, and I love you. Let's, let, let's go I love you this week. So, you know, you know the drill. Here comes the, I don't know if I'll use this every week, but here's the intro music for the sermon series. Sick of it. Here we go. I love you. I love you. For those of you that just raised your hands and said you were new here, welcome. <laughs> I promise you that is Christian music with a good message. <laughs> There's not a lot of songs called Sick of It. So that was the one that came across for the sermon series. But we kicked this off last week and we were in Romans 1 as we looked at what we're talking about as being sick of is the state of our country, our society, our culture. And we talked about what a mess our world is in expected, but it's still frustrating to see how far, even in when I was a teenager to now, which is like 15 years, even <laughs> in that amount of time, things have shifted so far wrong in our country. And, and that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not attacking people, I'm, atta I'm attacking and going after the enemy and what he's turned this world into. But we know that he is the ruler of this world until Jesus comes back. So we understand that. The Bible talks about these things, but we can still be sick of it and fed up with it, uh, of having to deal with it, and, and knowing that we should be standing up for the truth of God's word and combating against that, okay? 
Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of what I talked about last week. If you follow our Facebook page, you can catch up and watch that. Uh, But throughout the series, I'm going to tackle a lot of tough issues and tough things head on and a lot of things that maybe a lot of pastors and churches shy away from today because they're worried about keeping the ties and keeping the people. I'm worried about sharing God's truth. And if that offends somebody because their heart might not be in the right place, then they've got a thing they've got to settle with God, not with me and his word, okay? So I watched my sermon back last week, and I never do that because you, most people don't like to hear themselves talk. If you do, we'll, talk, uh, we'll do another sermon on, you know, pride and things like that. But, but I watched it back just to critique myself because this, these types of things, when we're, we're, they're challenging to preach for pastors, but you also want to stand firm, yet still deliver it in love and feel like, I felt like after I watched it back that the Holy Spirit led that message and I brought it from a place of love, a place of truth, and a place of urgency to people that don't know Jesus. And, and I'm not out to attack people, like I said before, that are going against God, but I do want to bring truth to them and prayers to those people that are being deceived by the enemy. And I want, let, I want to let people know that God loves them, but he also wants them to live in freedom from the bondage that the enemy has wrapped them up in. Okay? Uh, we've got to keep the armor of God on daily and submit to his word so we don't stray or have our minds transformed to the things of this world and think, oh, maybe that is okay. No, 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 no. We've got to keep the armor of God on, and we've got to keep our minds in tune with the Holy Spirit and God's Word. Okay? This world is lost because people without Christ love darkness more than they love light right now. We're going to start out in John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And don't forget to share the Facebook page. Uh, share the service going on right now today. I think last week it reached uh, 1,400, 1,500 people, so continue to share that and the truth of God's word and the worship and praise. John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. John chapter 3, 19 through 21. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Judgment is coming soon for this world. I have a responsibility as a pastor If I know of wickedness and sin and the junk of this world that is trying to deceive you and lead you away from the Lord and you are living in it, I am to sound the alarm and let you know so that you can turn away from those things, that you can repent, you can come to Jesus, and your blood will not be on my hands. If I fail to warn you, then it is on my hands because I was too afraid to speak out against the sin of the world. And I love you too much to keep silent on these issues, the sickness going on around in the world, and the moral failure found in our world today. I love you too much to not speak truth into you. And today being his Father's Day, and I know some of the dads were already cringing because we're in a series called Sick of It. I want to talk to the dads in this room this morning. And it's to the wives and the families as well. Um, and not just biological fathers, spiritual fathers as well. 
And since it is titled Sick of It, I want to start off by saying, in love, I am sick of us, I'm putting myself in there, us men who profess to be Christians, neglecting to lead our homes spiritually. I knew we would get amens on that. If anything, it was the ladies, maybe. But it's a serious, serious thing that I'm kind of fed up with in my own life. You know, I do things at home, but there's always things that we can be working on as the spiritual leaders of our homes. And a lot of times, even in our churches, the men are neglecting their responsibility. Now, men, you can agree with me, you can get offended, but it's true. And I'm going to point out some things to let you know. And again, challenge you. I feel like God wants to challenge us to step up because it starts in our homes. It starts in our homes. It starts with us as the spiritual leaders leading our families. I'm going to do something crazy. (laughs) No surprise. I want Tyler, Abby, Kylie, Brandon, Ryder, and Jeremy over there. I want you guys to grab seven people out of your section and bring them up and stand across the front of the stage here. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Just seven people. I don't care who they are. Get seven to come with you. So you should have eight total in your group. They can't turn you down. Just line up across the front here. I know you don't know what I'm about to do, but that's okay. It's nothing bad. Yeah, you and your seven people. I'm going to show you guys something. We got everybody? That should be 48, and I said 50, so give me two more people. Two more people jump up there real quick. Two more people. Did you get your, you guys lost count? Somebody's got their shoes off. <laughs> Dalton, will you jump up there? We'll say this is 50, okay? All right, take a look. I'm going to talk, this is, this is what we're facing right now, okay? There's 50 people. Let's pretend they're all kids. <laughs> you don't have to imagine very, <laughs> very hard on some of these, okay? 50 kids up here right now. Now let me, I, I was studying this this past week, and I came across some research and a little survey that was done, and 50 kids, all right? Dads do not go to church with these 50 kids. There's, there's no father figure. Going, they're not leading them spiritually. They're not in church. Even if the mom's in church, that doesn't even matter. We're just talking about dads are not in church. They're not taking their family to church. They're not leading them spiritually, okay? 50 kids with no father figure to lead them spiritually. I'm going to show you something. Right here. Because of that, out of these 50 people, one will continue on in church. One out of 50. That's the kind of thing that we're facing today. When fathers are not leading their families in Christ. Head back in there. Now, What I'm hoping through today and on into the future is the dads step up. They admit, you know, I have not been doing what God's called me to do. 
And you can actually tell in your family if, things are, if you're struggling with things, if your marriage is struggling, if your relationship with your kids is struggling. You can just, you know, but you may have been neglecting it. Okay? But the same 50 that have a dad that is raising them up in church, that is spiritually leading the family, out of the same 50, okay, the dad's in control, he's in charge, he's following God, leading them, 38 out of this 50 would stay in church. Thank you, guys. What a difference that number is when the men are spiritually leading their families. When we don't guard our families, men, the enemy will slip in and he will start destroying things in your life, in your family. Okay? Our marriages, our kids, our finances, whatever you want to think of, if God is not in control over your life, men, and over your families, things are going to start falling apart. It may not happen immediately, but as you neglect God and you neglect your responsibility over and over and over through the years, you're going to see things fall apart. We are the walls that protect our families. The men in this church, if you have a family, you are the walls that are protecting your family. If you go to 1 Samuel, this is where we're going to read from today, our main passage, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 8. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Anohi, I had these down, <laughs> a lot of difficult words in here, Ahinoam and the Jezreelites, and Abigail the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said, to Abiathar, the priest Ahimelech's son, bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Now again, the first thing I want to tell you men in here today, and you maybe you don't have a family yet, you need to know this for when you do. Okay? We are the walls. Their city here had been decimated, had been destroyed. Their enemies had done their work and obliterated this town. And just hours earlier, they were joyful, had joined their hearts of King to be David and his band of men as they drew closer to home after a three-day trek into the wilderness. But the joy would soon be overtaken by panic as they came back home. 
When they arrived, the men were horrified to find that the city had been raided, had been torched, their valuables had been stolen, supplies, weapons, gold, animals, all of it, gone. And it was the Amalekites, barbaric raiders, known for cruel, ruthless brutality, doing all sorts of detestable things the Lord God hates, even burning their own sons and daughters as sacrifices to their false gods. But the men, as they come back, they realize something. Something else was missing. The atmosphere was very, very quiet. No one was there crying out to greet them. No women, no children. No one was bent down by the piles of rubble, wailing and weeping. They didn't hear anything. So it hits them that they know the town's vacant and their most valued treasure. Men, your most valued treasure is your wife, your family had been stolen. Their wives, their sons, their daughters have been taken captive. When, when men, when we let our walls down, the enemy is right there waiting to make his move and the consequences for your family are horrible. He is waiting to pounce, waiting to move when we let our walls down. So the first thing I want to tell you guys this morning is, and, and men, You're going to say, no, I don't do that because society says that. It's okay to weep and it's okay to cry. I'm telling you right now, I have cried more in the last year than I've cried in my whole lifetime. But verse 4 said, then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And this is, this is because the full weight of what had happened fell upon them and they began to weep, they began to cry. And it wasn't just a simple, a simple cry. I believe these were deep, agonizing pains they were feeling because their, their, their spouses, their families, their kids, everybody was gone. They were weeping for them. And again, I know one of the misconceptions about being a man is we don't cry. We don't cry. And we teach our boys that. We teach our daughters that. Don't cry. Don't you cry. But here they are, these men who were warriors, and they're wailing out and they're crying. They were tough. They were courageous. They were battle-tested. And with all their character, with all their power, all their skill, they still were weeping. And sometimes real men of God need to weep. We need to repent, and we need to cry out to God for what we've allowed to happen in our families. We need to cry out to God for our wives and our children, our brothers and sisters. We need to be broken and mourn over our own sin. And if we take care of our personal stuff in our life, it influences the church, it influences your family, and it influences your community. And like David and his band of men, weeping and grief over what we have lost and the repentance should be our first response as well. And I'm, I'm not even saying if you shed actual tears, I'm just saying there's got to be authentic repentance if you are not leading your family the way you need to right now. And it has to lead to change for your family, change for yourself, change for your family. And it begins in the heart and it has to happen. Now we also, okay, we, can, we need to weep, we need to cry, we need to repent. We also need to depend on God. This tragedy that we read here in 1 Samuel at Ziklag happened because the men were out of the picture. They were out of the picture here. They could have prevented it. For a brief period of three days, they let down the walls of protection, which left everything vulnerable to attack, and the enemy seized that opportunity. 
So we have to ask, how could, the, how could they even allow such a thing to happen? Sometimes, and, and, and what David here and his band of men, they got a little overconfident and let their personal guards down. And David, we know who normally leaned on and pressed on, into God, relaxed a bit and did, his, did life his own way. And this included making a couple deals with another enemy, the Philistines, out of fleshly wisdom, and it would cost him dearly. And though he never left his love for God or even doubted he was God's anointed, David at times strayed from his total dependence on God as his source of strength and direction in his life. There are always consequences, man, for us when we try to do things independently. We try to say, I can fix this or I can do this without seeking God's counsel first. And one of the weaknesses of many men, maybe most men, is at times, I want to do it alone. I can handle this alone. I want to be independent. We have to live a life of seeking God all the time. As leaders of our homes, we have to seek, we have to walk in the spirit of God. We have to understand where he's wanting to take us and renewing our dependence on him. If we don't, if we're not following God, if we're not depending on him, if we're not letting the Holy Spirit lead us in our family, we're going to blow it. We are going to mess up just like David and his men did. The enemy was right there waiting to rush in and take their most treasured assets. And I'm telling you right now, the enemy is a patient enemy. He will wait. He will wait. There are times he attacks you head on, but there are times where he waits until you become weak. He waits till you take those walls down and then he goes and then he attacks you. Big acts of sin and lapses in judgment for us that bring, bring us down, they don't, they don't always just happen. It's a gradual thing where you start distancing yourself from God and you start drifting away. And before you know it, you're in a place that you never thought you'd be in with your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, and things are falling apart. But that didn't just happen overnight. You drifted. You neglected God. And your walls were broken down over time. And the enemy comes in and he attacks. So we've got to strengthen our personal walls. Again, we are to be the walls and protection around those God has placed in our care. And it's interesting as you read this story here in the Bible. is when the men let their guards down by leaving the city unprotected, their wives, sons, daughters, they could not defend themselves against the evil that was coming. Okay? Otherwise, they would never have been taken captive. So when, men let, when we let our guards down, the wives, sons, daughters are left unprotected. And that's because men are called to be the gatekeepers. It says that in Ezekiel 22:30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So God is looking for men who will be a wall, who will stand in the gap and be gatekeepers, yet... Men, to be these walls of protection, they must have strong personal walls with the Lord. Proverbs 25, 28, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. When a man has no self-control of his own spirit and body, the enemy rushes in and plunders his city, tearing down the walls of protection. When our personal walls are broken down, the enemy comes in to destroy us. And then after we are weakened and out of the picture, what's out of the picture look like for us as men? Not going to church, not pouring the word into your spouse and your kids, not praying with your family. When those things are happening, he will take out our treasures. 
He will destroy our families. So there's a connection between personal walls and being a wall. You have to have the first to be the second. It's the man's responsibility to stand in the gap and be the walls of protection for his family and important people in his life. And when a man's life falls into disorder and chaos, when his personal walls are broken down, it impacts more than just him. It's impacted your whole family. It impacts his church, his city, his community, the people around him, his individual circle of influence. It impacts everything. So also, we need to be with God once a week. Twice a week. No, we need to be with God each day. As the spiritual leaders of our homes, we need to be with God. And you've got to get it in your spirit with this relationship with God and the Holy Spirit working in you that for the enemy to get to my wife and my kids, he's going to have to go through me. And some of you are laying down and letting him walk right over you when you should be standing up and say, you're not getting a hand on my family. You should be leading your family and say, no, 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 you ain't coming into this house. When you're you're the wall, you can't afford to wander off in the wilderness for three days. You can't afford to say, there are other things that are more important to me than church. (laughs) I have heard this from kids in this church. I have seen it happen in this church that when dad's neglecting coming to church, having a relationship with God, having a relationship with, the, with this kid spiritually through God, then whatever the dad is doing, the kids will do. If a dad wakes up and says, I don't feel like going today, he is the man of the house, the kids will say, Mom, I don't feel like going today either. Dad's not. I don't want to. Or I'm, I'm going to go and hunt For the 24th time this year, and I'm not against hunting until it becomes an idol that replaces God. And then your kids say, I want to go hunt too because that's more important to dad than coming to church. Or I want to go fish or I want to go do this because that's what dad is important to him and I want to follow in his footsteps. Do you see what our kids want from us? They want us to lead, but are we leading well? Are we leading as Christian men that are leading our families in the spirit of God and bringing them closer to him? And I know this is tough to hear. And if, and if it's you today, I'm including myself in this. But if it's you, don't get offended. Get with Jesus. Let God lead your family. They want you to lead them. They are crying out in their hearts, lead us. Wherever you lead us in God, we will follow you because he's put you in charge of our family. Lead us. And the enemy, we've we've got to be with God each day because the enemy is going to wait and lull us into complacency and lull us into this drifting away from God and then bam, he's going to ambush us like a predator does its prey. And we act like we never even saw it coming. And that's where men get into trouble. We convince ourselves we have everything under control, that we... And and we slack off from keeping ourselves anchored and seeking God. We do life on our own, thinking that we can handle it in our own strength and wisdom, or, or we're too busy to spend time with the Lord. And again, it's a subtle shift that happens. It's a drift that happens, and we get lazier, we get tired, and we get distracted, and we insist on doing things that we want to do, and we get lost, and we lose, and the and the ones we love most, we lose them too. 
Seeking God has to be a priority for us, man. And when we keep God first, he helps us order our lives so those things that he values most are what we value most and we spend our time on those things. We can look, again, look at the world around us. Walls are broken down, mostly because men's personal walls are broken down and they have left the scene. They went out into the wilderness. And it's allowed the enemy to just waltz in and take captive prized possessions of that man. We know the enemy wants to strip us of our masculinity and take us out. You know why? Because men of God matter. And men of God make a huge impact on all of their family. Men of God make a huge impact on uh, cousins and aunts and uncles and friends and in the community. Men of God that lead well make an impact for the kingdom of God and the enemy hates that. And we have to recognize what he's doing to take us out. We need strong personal walls. We've got to guard our families. We must lead them in the ways of the Lord. And another thing it talks about here that we need to do is take it back. Take it back. Once David repented in the scripture here, he made things right with God and strengthened himself in the Lord. He knew he had God's ear. He knew he was where he needed to be with God again. There was a clear line of communication between him and God. He was not going to make the same mistake again and move. That's what I'm praying right now for people, for men in this room right now. You will stop making the same mistakes over and over again. You will talk to God about it. You repent for for whatever it is you need to repent from and turn away from those things. And David cried out to God again, only this time he asked God, what do I need to do? Man, we need to ask God, what do I need to do in this moment right here, in this church right now on Father's Day? God, what do I need to do to lead my family like you want me to lead them? And I promise you, he will drop in you what you need to do. In fact, you may already know what he's asking you to do. You just haven't been doing it yet. And the Lord heard David's cries as he he will ours as we cry out to him. And he answered him. And in other words, I think God was saying, hey, rally your men, son. Get them together. We're going to go back and we're going to take it back. Everything the enemy stole, we're going to take it back. Your marriage, if it's falling apart, we're going to take it back. And let it be restored in Jesus' name. Your kids, if they're wandering away and they're not listening because of, again, the way you didn't lead them, we're going to take them back from the enemy. We're going to stand on his word and take them back. Take it back. And not just get some of it, we're going to get all of it. We're going to believe God's going to restore it all. He's not, God's not into doing things halfway. He's into restoring it completely to wholeness. He was fully aware of the mistakes David and his men had made, yet he was still with them. Gentlemen, you may have made some mistakes. I've made mistakes, but God is still with you. He hears you as you call on his name. The enemy's lying to you when he says, oh, it's too late. It can't be restored. He's lying. It can be restored. Uh, or if he's telling you you've messed up way too much, you've, west, you've messed up, you're not going to be able to get it back. He's lying. It's not true. God can supernaturally redeem what has been lost and he can make you stronger. Your past isn't your past if it's still affecting your present. 
Leave it there. Leave it there. Ask God to do what only he can do and where to go from there and let him redeem your mistakes. With God's favor on your life, it can happen. When David rallied his men, I believe they could see the resolve and this confidence come over David again as he connected with God before he talked with them. Now, I'm telling you right now, men, and I know it's getting late, but if you get with God, you get with God, you repent, you cry out to him, you understand I'm not doing what you've called me to do, God. I am sorry. Help me lead my family. Your family will notice that you've been with the Lord. They are going to recognize something's different about dad. Something's different about my husband. The Lord is moving in his life. And kids, we're going to follow him as he leads us now. People, when you strengthen yourself in the Lord, not just your family, people begin to notice. And they have confidence in the steps that you're taking in your new life. Your spouse, your family, they desperately want, I said this before, they desperately want you to lead them. And God has called you to lead them. And the last thing is you've got to get it in your spirit and say enough is enough. Enough is enough. When David said we must go and fight and take it all back, they took action. And there's a time to weep. There's a time to seek God's face. But there's also a time to dry those tears and grab your sword and say let's go. Let's go. I've got it. I've got my sword here. I'm ready to fight the enemy as he comes after my family. I'm coming. I'm coming for you, devil. And I'm going to get back everything you took from me because enough's enough. You're not going to do this to my life, my spirit, my family anymore. I'm coming after you. And I'm taking it all back. That's what David and his men did. And they chased down the Amalekites. They cleaned them out, took back what the enemy had stolen, plus more. And sometimes we have to get fed up in order to get fired up. We've got to get fed up with the way things are in order to get fired up for the Lord and what he wants to do for us. If our praise team would come back up. I'm telling you, man, don't, don't be offended. Don't take this in the wrong spirit this morning because that is one of the major things that is wrong with our communities right now and our culture right now is because men of God are not leading like men of God. And I'm not going to interview your spouses. I'm not going to interview your kids and do things like that. But you know, you know in your spirit right now if you are leading well. If you, are, if you are sitting down and praying with your family, if you are sitting down and pouring scripture, devotions into them, if you are hearing from the Lord on a day-to-day basis, if you are making God's house a priority from your family, for your family, you know that. I'm not telling you anything new today. I am just reaffirming to you that God wants you to lead your family. If you will lead your family, he will bless whatever you're putting your hand on. He will be with you. He will watch over you. He will move in your spouse's life, in your kids' lives. If you'll stand this morning. You may be a man in here right now and you are discouraged, you are beat up, you are down right now. And I'm, I'm going to tell you again that God can redeem you, God can restore you if you will just cry out to him this morning. If you will just repent, if you will just turn from the things that have dragged you away from what God wants you to do and you will press on in this fight for your family to protect them to lead them God will show up this morning 
And again, I, I am not telling you this to get onto you, to slap you on the wrist and say, do better. I am telling you this because you need to walk in what God has for you and what God has for your family. You are called to do that. And you may have drifted away from that. I, and, I, and this is going to sound a little cruel, but I'm saying this from a heart that want, a heart that is broken for our families that are falling apart right now. I don't have anything against you teaching your kid how to do a sport, how to hunt, how to fish. Those are great things to spend quality time with doing, but they cannot replace, you know, as well as a kid can hit a fastball, as well as a kid can shoot a shot, as big as a buck as somebody could shoot, as big as a fish as a kid could catch, none of that matters in eternity. It is great that you can show those life skills and things to do, but when you replace that with a relationship with God, with pouring into your kids, you are doing them a total disservice. Because when it comes down to the end of their life, they're not going to say, God, but God, I caught big fish and I hit a baseball. And I was a good hunter, God. But my dad never told me about Jesus. He never told me. He never led our family. He never led us in anything, God. It's not my fault. You guys will bow your heads in here this morning. I am not getting on to you. I just want you to know, are you doing things in your family that when your kids get older, that they can say without a doubt, my dad showed me the ways of the Lord. He loved my mom like Christ loved the church. He loved us kids. He not only showed us how to do all kinds of things in life, but the most important thing he showed us was how to have a relationship with Jesus. And by him doing that, I am now leading my family the same way. And I know that my wife and my kids are gonna make it into heaven and see Jesus. I know that my wife and my kids are making an impact in the community around here because I'm leading well. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I'm calling. Father, on all men, that your Holy Spirit is penetrating their heart right now, God. Lord, that they would take this in a loving way, Father, that you want them to lead their families, God, that you want to restore things that have been broken. And Father, I pray right now for the men and the women in their homes right now, God, that they would come into alignment with your Spirit. Father, for their marriage. Father, that the husband would would love his wife as Christ loved the church that is the first, that she is the import, most important and, and her kids, that's biblical. And Father, as he leads his kids, I pray right now, Father, for their hearts to just repent while there's still time, God. Lord, Lord, I lost my son at a young age. We are not guaranteed tomorrow, Father, but I am thankful that Jackson knew you. Father, I'm thankful right now, Father, for the fathers that are gonna respond to this call and say, I want to serve the Lord. I want God to be the middle of my life, the middle of my marriage and my kid's life. I wanna lead well today. No matter what's happened in my past, Father, right now I stand on your word. I repent of these things. And Father, I say enough is enough with what the enemy has tried to do in our house and our family. And Lord, we wanna take it all back for you. 
So Father, move on men's hearts right now. Father, I pray that they would respond. They would respond to your Holy Spirit on their hearts right now, God, and they would bring their families forward and just start pouring into them, God. That they would just pray over them and apologize and ask for forgiveness if they need to, Father. But they would come together as a family, Father. Come down as a husband and wife and pray and seek your face together, God. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for what's about to happen in this place. Have your way and move in mighty ways in these families, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Will you come this morning? Will you come? Will you man up and be the man that God's called you to be? Some of this is you too. You've got, I know if, they're, if they've been neglecting God, they've been neglecting you, they've been neglecting the kids, there might be some bitterness, there might be some hurt there, but you've got to swallow that right now, get rid of it and allow God to restore. Whatever God's doing in your husband's life right now, you go with it, you, you follow as he's leading you up to this altar and you forget about the stuff in the past and you start fresh today in Jesus. You gotta let some of that stuff go. If he's willing to come up here and repent and turn away from those things, let it go and let him lead right now.
name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows room responded to what God's doing in your heart right now and I know I'm not dumb enough to think that everybody responded everybody was obedient to what God's trying to do in, in your life and in your family's lives lives but I'm praying for the ones that came forward that this be the start of something new for your family and it, and it takes a willingness on both sides there for husbands and wives. If you're dealing with some things, you're struggling with some things, it takes, you gotta, you gotta take the blinders off and you gotta understand what God's trying to say to you. Because what God brings together, he never means for it to come, to come apart. He doesn't. We let things of the world get in the way of our relationships. And again, the enemy is waiting to pounce. Whatever it is, he's waiting to destroy godly marriages but they can't be godly marriages if God's not in the middle of it okay so please 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 get your relationship back centered around Jesus and I promise you as you do that men you will lead your family as well you will love your wife in a different way and it's going to take it, it, it may take a process be patient with each other but what better thing to leave as a legacy in your life that I led my, my spouse, I led my kids in the ways of the Lord. I can't think of anything better than to know that your kids are making it to heaven, that your kids are making an impact for the kingdom of God while they're here and that they're going to see Jesus one day. I don't want to know the other side of that. That's why I told Sarah the other day, if, if Jackson was not in heaven, I can't even imagine how much worse the pain would be because I would feel responsible that I didn't pour that into my son. We have got to get that gripped on our hearts that we are training them up and are we doing it in the Lord, okay? My heart's really just on it for families right now. A lot of times we come in here and we, we put on this mask that everything's okay, but 
really think everything's chaos. Let God in, let God in, let God in, let God in. And take back together, husband and wife, take back what the enemy stole from you guys. I'm going to pray. We're going to have a baptism out in the lake. lake. We've got three baptisms today. It's exciting. It's powerful. And and one of them, and I hope she's not embarrassed, but Patricia sat up here and sat in in this church for a while and told God, no, 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 no. And a lot of us do the same thing. I'm not, no, God, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I've, I've messed up too much. And, but something broke in, here, in her right over here one Sunday. And she switched it and understood the love of God and said yes to Jesus. And Patricia, Patricia, I believe because of your obedience that went down to Cadence, your niece, she saw you give things to God and call on Jesus. And then a few weeks later, she gives her life to the Lord as well. And Madison is around here somewhere. Where's Madison? Right here. She's getting baptized as well today. I'm just excited about what God's doing. And, and again, we've, we had the theme last year about uh, being better together. That, that goes not just for the church, but our families. Our families, what we're doing at home for the kingdom of God makes a difference, okay? And what happens here. So I love you. I'm going to pray this out. And then get your kids. Don't forget your kids. And then we're going to meet out at the, the pond and baptize these guys. They wanted to do it old school. Actually, that was the youngest, Cadence's idea. So we're going to get back in there. It's a little warmer than the last time I was in there. So Father, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and grace and forgiveness, God. Lord, I thank you for the dads and the fathers and the, the men that stepped up today, Father, and responded to your word, Father. They want to lead. They want things to change today, God. In their life, Father, they want to put you back as the priority. I love you first, Father, then their spouse and their kids, Father. And Lord, I pray as you're doing this, God, that you work supernatural things in these families. And God, we see fruit flowing out of them. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. Thank you for our dads today as we celebrate them, Father. And we thank you for the ultimate Father's love, the agape love of of God. We praise you and we thank you as we celebrate these new lives, old gone, the new coming up in the water. In Jesus' name, amen. You're not dismissed, you are sent.